LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. We want to press in uh, to today's episode. Now, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planning Network. We're also part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. So check out some of our great podcast partners. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Church in Hard Places. Now, Derek, you're pretty passionate about uh, church planting in hard places. Why, why is that? Oh, I'm pretty passionate about church planting full stop. But I think the church in hard places for me has been something um, that doesn't get as much attention as other church planting and other ministries do because it is long, slow, hard, unsexy work. So can you define hard places? Because, you, know, you know, many pastors would say, hey, it's, it's just like plowing con- concrete you know, all the time here. My place is hard too. What, what do you mean by that term hard place? Yeah, no, that's good. I, it's a, look, it's an imperfect term and I, I don't want to hang too much on that. It's just a term from Mes McConnell. I think he, and I'm sure he got it from someone else as well, but that's often, it's a term used to describe often lower socioeconomic areas that church planning is in. So he uses the projects in Scotland um, around church in hard places, but you're absolutely right. There's lots of places where, in terms of evangelism, in terms of actually having conversations with people about the gospel, it's incredibly hard. It is like ploughing concrete. Um, often, as Mez will say this, and other people work in these places, because the brokenness is so cl- much closer to the service in these places, which we're calling church in hard places, it's often easier to have deeper conversations with people because they realise the brokenness. So that's an imperfect term, church in hard places, but all we're trying to capture is just using a term other people have been using and saying often we're talking about those areas that are lower socioeconomic, that have more social problems, uh, are lower on that that kind of index. Um, it's Again, imperfect term, but we're just trying to capture that kind of um, world and that kind of place that does need church plants, that does need the gospel, uh, that's very different to middle class and upper class areas. That That's really helpful, Derek. We're, we're going to now hear from Neil Scott. Neil Scott is the uh, senior minister at Albion Park Rail. He planted that church about eight years ago. It's a community uh, a couple of hours south of Sydney and uh, just a little bit below Wollongong. Let's hear from Neil. Uh, well, good day. My name's Neil Scott. Uh, I'm the senior minister of Albion Park Rail Anglican. And we planted our church there around eight years ago with uh, around 12 to 14 people. We start off at around 12.30 and we have lunch together for an hour and they just love hanging out. So we spend an hour together and it's good. Uh, And if you don't have something like that, they talk through the church service. So that's why we start with that. And then uh, we uh, have service after an hour of being together and eating and that just looks like a regular kind of service, although we're in a horseshoe shape so that there's much more face-to-face contact. And uh, we share testimonies of the, what Jesus has done in our life that week. We sing together. Obviously, with COVID restrictions, that's not the case now. 
and uh, I preach the word. And we, as I preach the word, we probably do 45 minutes of a sermon and we break it up maybe into two or three parts and in between there's questions and they feed back onto what's been applicable to them. Albion Park and Albion Park Rail are two uh, distinct kind of suburbs. One comes from a, a, a dairy farming background, the other comes from a mining background. And yet the, the uh, church was in Albion Park and that's like a middle class area and Albion Park Rail is a low socioeconomic area. And what we recognised is as a church, we were not really reaching Albion Park Rail. And uh, I was quite strongly convicted by the Spirit that uh, what are you doing about these people? They're not even thinking about going to church. They're not even thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not even one functional church in their community. And so that was the reason why we decided to plant that church in Albion Park Rail. Normally in the churches that um, well, I'm used to growing up in and, and that I work with generally, there's that kind of 60 minutes for the service, a very tight 60 minutes, because you don't want to go over half an hour for a couple of jets crackers afterwards and then you go on. You're off to whatever else you're going to do on a Sunday is where, um, yeah, what Neil's describing is it is a, a longer engagement, a longer uh, relationship, a relational connection that's happening there. And so they sit in the horseshoe. They don't sit in kind of rows and pews just facing the teacher at the front. Um, there is a, a much more of a relational connectedness, a, a relax without being irreverent. Um, it's not being irreverent, but there is a different style, recognising this is a different place, recognising um, this is not a, a university a lecture theatre that's not what people who are living in these places are generally used to. And so actually adapting what you do on a Sunday to reflect the audience you have as you gather as God's people around God's word there. So now we really heard Neil's passion for Albion Park Rail. Uh, you know, and I've known Neil for 10, you know, 10 years. He's, been, he's very passionate about this place. Uh, why, why are we finding it so hard to raise up church planners for the hard places? Yeah, that that is a good question. So this has been an area that we've been trying to to identify, gather guys who are doing church in hard places across Australia and have a conversation around this. There's probably a few reasons for that. I think one of them is that we, um, the expectation going into these places needs to be very different than it would be going into a, another suburban church. Very different. The expectations of growth, the expectations of problems you're going to have to grapple with day to day, um, there's not necessarily a linear trajectory doing to the improvement of people's lives in these places because um, they're often dealing with significant and deep hurts um, that take years and years and years to grapple with. Now, that's true for everyone, I want to say, um, but again, it's much closer to the service here. I think the other part of this as well is we haven't, I, I, would, I would argue, we haven't quite adapted how would it we raise up leaders and, and what leaders look like in these contexts in order to deploy them to these contexts? We keep thinking of um, unknowingly, unconsciously often, the AFES kind of training material that goes off to Bible college afterwards for three or four years and then goes back and leads. Um, but those leaders aren't often suited to reaching people in these places either. Um, so we do need to adapt the structures that we've got in order to raise up leaders that are um, culturally and contextually appropriate. And so it means we need to do some real thinking into how it is we, we and I know Neil has, and I know there's a number of other people, I know Andrew Bitto with Vocational Bible College has been thinking into this as well. 
Um, but I think that's one of the reasons why we're not seeing people go there. That's really helpful, Derek. Let's hear from Neil about the characteristics of a church planter in the hard places. The kind of person that would make a, uh, a good uh, low socioeconomic minister, I believe, has these characteristics. One is gospel-hearted. You've got to be willing to give it up to see people, give things up to see people come to know Jesus. It's just the reality of what you're doing. If, you're gonna, if you want to burn a name for yourself in, in, in the ministry circles, not the place to be. Uh, if you want to earn money uh, in, this, in your job and, and have that kind of title or position, or it's not the place to be. You've got a salary sacrifice, probably 50 to 60% of your normal wage you'll be paid and it probably will not come from the congregation. So you've got to be willing to give it up to see people come to know Jesus, that, that those other things really are not as important as coming to know Jesus. Um, second thing, genuine lover of people. You, you, helpful to be able to actually really like just being with people and just being in their brokenness. So sitting with people while they're smoking on their front stairs or um, just hanging out with them in all sorts of situations, um, praying with people uh, when their life is an absolute train wreck. Um, that's a really important thing. Uh, and... So there's always high people contact. People are in and out of your house the whole time because you immerse yourself and live in the community. You're accessible to the community. And so uh, they're they're kind of always engaging with you. Um, Just a really helpful thing that I've heard as a little quote out of uh, a VBC book that's going to come out is, uh, and it really resonated with me, that one of the most important, uh, useful tools of a per, of a minister that works in a low socioeconomic area is his trailer or his lawnmower. That you practically get involved in people's lives, moving stuff around for them and just helping them, taking stuff to the tip, building relationships over doing stuff as you help them and you show them a genuine love. So other things we do is we, we, we cook meals for them, um, we, we just generally help them, uh, but at the same time, they know we love the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, that's why we do it. And uh, and then the the last one is, it's not essential, but grit. There's a need for grit in this position, uh, because the environment can be quite violent. Uh, you can come very close to organised crime networks. You can see cruelty and high levels of abuse. Um, There is a lot of sadness uh, in these communities. And so you will be very, you become much more aware actually of spiritual warfare and, and how the evil one wants to snatch the truth away and to drive people away from uh, the Lord Jesus and his people. And so that can get quite rough sometimes. Uh, and so I just think to have that kind of stickability and grit to continue the ministry when situations uh, actually blow up and can be a, a little scary at times. He spoke about being gospel-hearted. You know, there's no place to burn a name for yourself or earn money. Um, 
you know, in this context, in some ways, like every church planter needs to be gospel hearted. Every minister of the gospel needs to be gospel hearted, but why particularly for the hard place planter? Because it's long, slow, hard work in there. And, you know, I, I can hear the critique ringing in my ears, long, slow, hard work everywhere. I, I get that. I get that. It's um, longer, slower, harder. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that's true, though. I think it probably is. And the results um, aren't the way in which we will often measure ministry. The results in those places um, look different. The, the way in which the, the length of, it's a terrible way to put it, the return of investment kind of thing. If you, you can plough your life into someone um, in any context, in any ministry context, um, and, and you know, you're not quite sure where it's going to land under God, you, you're praying for repentance and faith and for growth and maturity. Um, I think in, a, in churches in tricky places where people are dealing with lifetimes of hurts and generational um, breakdown in relationships, it can be really discouraging to feel like you've spent 10 years somewhere and you've seen hardly any change in people's lives. But actually you're, the gospel in those places is beginning to undo not just five, 10 years of, of hardship, but generations of, um, of hardship in that. So it is much longer and slower. I don't want to kind of sound like a broken record on that, say other places are easy and this is hard. Everywhere is hard, but this just is a different kind of hard. And there's a need to be a genuine lover of people, which again, I would say that's, that's the role of the pastor. And I know some pastors are, you know, they're more in, they're more inclined, you know, their introverted nature is more inclined towards, you know, being in the study, maybe rather than being the, the person out with the people, but at, at its heart, the role of, of pastor is to be shepherd, um, you know, watching over your sheep, caring for your sheep, you know, principally through ministry of the word. Uh, but you have that pastoral role. So, you know, Neil uses that language, a genuine lover of people. Yeah, yeah. and you see that, don't you? He talks about just little things. He, he, he I don't know, he's lending out his trailer, other people using his lawnmower, those little acts of service, those little moments of contact where other people, you know, may not live in, in such a way, a higher relational contact with the community and being in part. Um, yeah, he, that's where he puts his finger on there as well. And he, look, he pushes into... Um, uh, grit, uh, what it looked like, you know, those kind of uh, violent environments, organised crime, cruelty, sadness, abuse. Um, those things, again, are much closer to the surface in some of these areas. Um, again, we just hide it better in the middle class, these things. We just hide it better. Um, but it's right in your face. Now, Neil's saying in, in where his experience, it's right in your face. And so you need to work out how and if you can grapple with those things being... You know, right there before you and how you respond with a godly, gracious, loving attitude to that. So that's why I think it's really important to have the right expectations. And in, in this next section, uh, we're going to hear a bit more from Neil about what he wish he knew before he planted. So let's hear from Neil. Uh, understanding the landscape of when to apply mercy ministries. Uh, uh, you walk into these communities and they uh, are used to people giving them stuff. So they get the doll, they get care packages, they get this, they get that. And they just, they love it and they know how to work the system. They're good, right? So how do you work in that community to make disciples who make disciples 
rather than make people dependent on the church. And so I, we don't give a lot of, we don't do a lot of mercy ministries. We love people if they're battling and they're struggling. We will love them and we will care for them. We will provide for them. But if they're just people that are dependent all the time and really have no interest in uh, wanting to know the Lord Jesus Christ or really seeing the church as the place where they need to be, we will still care for them, but we will not deeply invest our lives in them. This is a really tricky area, Ian, because you don't want to, he says this, you don't want to create cycles of dependency um, where you're just um, the place that everyone comes to every time they need the next 50 bucks for that. You want to be a place, there's this balance between uh, love, generosity, uh, kindness, and caring for people in hard situations, but actually helping people make the next step forward in order to break cycles that they might have created in their lifetime or over generations. So just understand, understand the landscape of, of when it is you do step in and help people, what programs look like to actually help people um, uh, learn to, to navigate life um, by themselves or in community. That can be really, really tricky to navigate. Often it's, it is um, life skills, which in other places people might take for granted, um, but helping people build that foundation, which will make an impact, not just for them, but for their kids and for those around them as well. And making it in such a way that it's not just a social program. Um, it is a program that is infused and informed by wanting people to have reconciliation, not just with their family and those around them, but ultimately with God, which changes eternity. That's just, that's incredibly complex. That's really, really complex. But having an eye to that of working out how to not create cycles of dependency, um, but still to love people with generosity and kindness and recognising that it's not three strikes and you're out, um, but there is a sense in which we are here to love you. And one of the ways in which we can love you is think wisely and well into how we do this and how we don't do it. Well, uh, I want to open up the toolbox now, Derek. Uh, Mez McConnell, who uh, Derek's already spoken about, uh, did a planner session on the Geneva Push uh, website. So if you'll, you'll see a link in the show notes there. Uh, how to engage uh, the poor and the struggling with the gospel of hope. Uh, he's written an excellent book as well, which is a great resource to uh, sort of capture and read, uh, as has Tim Chester as well. Um, Reaching the Unreached is another helpful book uh, to, to read on this topic as well. And then in uh, 2012, Mikey Lynch reposted a, a great interview with uh, John Piper as he reflects on buying a house uh, in a poor neighborhood in, in the States. Well, can I just do a, a shout out finally for the Geneva Push assessment process as well. If you are thinking about planting uh, in any context, uh, you should get assessed. It's one of the key things uh, to uh, help you survive. So, so get assessed uh, as you head out to church plant. We're going to hear, hear from Neil. Here's one thing. If you're thinking about planting a church in a hard place, and you would like to come down and see what it looks like, or you'd even like to spend a year with us and see how the model works and be trained and equipped and then sent out to wherever you feel you're called to, 
then we'd be very happy, I'd be very happy to have you on board. Uh, obviously, through a bit of time and, and just spending time to get to know you as well and, and figuring out whether this is a, a good spot for you or not. But we'd love you to at least come down and have a look. If you like what you've heard on The One Thing, we'd appreciate if you just take a moment to rate the show on iTunes and even leave a comment. If there's someone in your church who you reckon would be ideally suited to plan in the hard places, send them this episode and, uh, and encourage them. Start you know, praying for them. Uh, start praying that they might uh, get that gospel urgency, that gospel hardness for a place. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. <laughs>